0: Ladies, this is Jessica Itarole. And I'm Barbara Saunders Livingston. And we want to welcome you to the Seeking Holy Podcast. A podcast for women seeking Christ in a challenging world. As you listen, we hope you'll be encouraged to open God's Word, to seek Him, and strengthen your abiding relationship with Christ.
1: Whether you find yourself with plenty of time <laughs> or not enough time, pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, and join us. For Seeking
0: Holy. Hi, everyone. And thank you for joining us for the wrap up of our series, Discovering Our Identity in Christ, Barbara's Testimony of Restoration. Barbara has shared her amazing story this week and has touched on some interesting subjects, including self-identity, significance and redemption. Now, we have kind of established a format last week for determining topics and formatting shows, and we sort of thought we were going to blow it out of the water when we attempted to fit Barbara's testimony into it. As I understood it, Barbara usually gives her testimony in three parts, and here I came asking her to divide it into five. Thankfully, she's been an awesome sport about it. The Lord really has helped us to get this done. So one of the ideas we came up with was to do a sort of Q&A. So Barbara, it's fun to have you on the other end, kind of doing a question and answer. And our first question is, considering all you've been through, and I'm certain you must get all kinds of questions from different women. I know you've traveled the country promoting your book, which tells your story. Above all the answers you have the opportunity to give, What is it you want women to take away the most?
1: Wow. Yeah. Hey, thanks um, for asking that. So a couple things um, immediately come to my mind. Uh, The first thing is, you know, since my salvation in a jail cell about 22 years ago now, God has instilled within me this insatiable desire to share with and offer others what has been freely given to me. Uh, I want ladies to know that. That there's a way out, uh, but only one way out. You know, We live in a culture and a world that's constantly telling us there's many ways to God, you know, and to happiness and contentment. And what I have found to be true, what I want to share the most is this. You know, in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, I didn't find this one way. You know, I learned that Jesus found me. You know, I assure you, you know, I didn't wake up one day in a jail cell having almost lost my own life and including everything worth anything to me and decide to follow Christ. You know, he pursued me. He called me and through the Holy Spirit, he came for me and he found me and um, You know, there are women who will listen to this and who God is right now pursuing and calling to salvation. Hallelujah. You know, I encourage you, if you're listening, to respond to him with humility, repentance, willingness just to surrender to him in prayer. You know, believe him and receive him and desire to follow him. So here in salvation in Christ, there is freedom. I'm here to tell you there's true love. There's perfect peace. There really is complete joy. There's a purpose for our lives and a point to it all. There's one who can rescue, one who can ransom our lives, one who is able to restore us to who he created us and intends for us to be. His name is Jesus. And may you receive him and be saved today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know, So if by listening, you receive or take away anything from my story or this podcast, know that what I've been commissioned and sent to tell you is that there is hope that all things are possible in Christ. No matter your situation or your circumstances, there is hope. Never give up. Turn to Christ. He is everything He says He is, and He is able to accomplish all He says He can. And He will bring you out and through. Victory is in Him alone.
0: Amen. Barbara, I just thank you for your story and thank you for sharing it. It mustn't be easy to do, but I appreciate so much that the theme in, in your story here in this podcast and in talking with you in our dialogue off the air as well as in your book is a theme of hope and that idea that all things are possible in christ that there is no place that he can't reach and there's no mountain that he can't overcome i love in the old testament where god says what is too difficult for me Mm. and I just think of his majesty, his greatness. There is nothing beyond his reach and also his great mercy and love. So I thank you so much for your story. It's so powerful. And I know so many people are looking forward to getting to hear about it this week. And I want to ask you, you seem to mention both in this episode and in your book, those who impacted you along the way. If you could share or say anything to them today, what would that be?
1: Yeah. Amen. Um, thank you uh, for this opportunity uh, as also just to be able to share Christ. Um, yeah. I'd also would like to mention and honor those who, you know, in my hardest, darkest, lowest moments were there. Yeah, I'm so thankful for these who showed up when I was so lost and confused and broken and in need of so much. My memory of them and those desperate moments and times serve as a constant reminder and example for me in my own walk to now be the one who goes out and becomes that person for another woman who may still be lost and addicted or incarcerated or desperate, you know, in need of salvation. So I will mention um, these precious ones a bit um, in the first episode. A couple ladies in particular, you know, they hadn't lived any kind of life like uh, the inmates and I had lived, and yet they exercised the courage to come into a jail and just to offer copies of God's word and to pray with us, to share the gospel and to encourage us. Um, one special one, Ms. Sharon, uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord now, but she led me to Christ um, and she was a librarian, you know, and we formed such a special bond and relationship after I got out of jail and just so happened to join the same church as, as her later. Um, and I was so thankful that she uh, agreed to endorse my book and hers is in the very front pages there of it. I also think back about Linda, who came to my apartment when I was more lost than a goose in a house storm, so they say. Um, but she knocked on my apartment door, came in, sat with me in my front room, kindly shared with me, prayed with me, and invited me to her church. You know, and I think about Brother Jim, um, the pastor who, as I looked up one day in the courtroom Uh, While waiting for the judge to enter for one of the many charges and criminal cases I was arrested for and charged with. And I was sitting there on the other side of the courtroom. And I looked up and there he was. Uh, And when I saw him sitting there, you know, it spoke deeply to me. It was like a ray of light in a very dark, depressing place. And he represented the presence of God to me on that day. Pastor Jim simply showed up for my court hearing. Um, However, to me, it had inexpressible encouragement and comfort. And it gave me some hope, you know, and hope, my friends, is priceless. And then there was Kanyeta and Jennifer and Sonny. These were the female jailers who would book me into jail and who every single time and who were kind to me despite the destructive cycle that I was repeating. And there was Pastor John and Robert who would come in to the drug and alcohol treatment center and begin teaching me the word of God. And then Patsy, who worked at the same treatment center, who would speak truth from scripture with me before I even knew it was scripture. And also Lana, um, who became such a dear friend to me, um, she was volunteering her time in a clothing room, uh, she was folding and organizing donated clothes, um, who I met in the homeless shelter, you know, after I was incarcerated um, and who reached out to me with kindness and I'll never forget her gentleness. And she would pray with me and she invited me to her church. And by, you know, mentioning and honoring these as such an important part of my story in life. And I pray it is an encouragement for ladies in Christ to remember that we are his ambassadors, you know, and his representatives, as though he is making his plea through us. And we are to obey the Great Commission and to go into all the world and share the gospel. And I am eternally thankful for these ones who did that and intersected my life Um, these left their comfort their church buildings they went out into the sometimes referred to as dark scary hard places of life with the light of Christ and they dared to reach out to me and share Jesus and the gospel of his salvation and the word of God and they offered prayer and their time and their resources and I am so very thankful for these precious people And I want to highlight, you know, how that they obeyed the call of Christ and the gospel in the real world and how it serves as an example to me uh, to go and offer the same to others. Um, Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Um, May we be the women God has called us and equipped us to be for those still lost and searching for the true significance and security and stability that's only found in Christ.
0: Amen. And what an encouraging testimony. What an encouraging reminder for those who are ministering in our prisons, or even ministering in small ways, seemingly small ways, like visiting someone or just inviting them to church. This is such a testimony even to that alone as to the impact that we never know the impact that we are giving. Maybe it seems like something very simple and small to us, but look at this effect. I mean, soon we're gonna hear
1: what that did for you. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I really wanted to do was to reach back, you know, in the places where I had come through and came from. And so, yeah, I've visited many different county jails. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, when I would speak at a conference or at a church, um, the leaders there would set up an opportunity for me to also go into the local county jail. And, um, you know, I had began a ministry. You know, for me, it wasn't enough just to go into the jail and then leave or to the prisons and leave. Um, never to be seen again. You know, I really had a a desire to disciple as well. You know, the great commission says go into all the world and share the gospel. Um, But it also says to teach them to obey all that I've commanded. And so part of that commission for me was to um, open up my home for women who were coming out of prison or coming out of jail. And so we did that for a couple of years. Um, um, And Yeah, so these women, these people in my life, really, like I said, demonstrated for me what I needed to now go and do, which is to reach back and out to those that are still, you know, in those hard places.
0: Wow, girl, that is so amazing. And I have heard it said about prison ministry in particular is a difficult ministry. It's one that is a little intimidating to people. And it's such a blessing that there are those out there giving back. And I think this is also a great reminder that even if we can't go into the prisons or the jails, for whatever reason, you know, at the time of this recording, we are in quarantine, but we can pray for prisoners. There is hope. And God does answer those prayers. He does call people to himself. So in this episode, I know you talk a lot about things that you are involved in. So let me just cut right to the chase. What are you up to these
1: days? (laughs) Are you kidding? I know Jessica, you do all day. I'm I'm all about the podcast. So So one of the visions that uh, God was pretty clear uh, that was for my book um, was to get into the hands of ladies who are in prison and especially in the state of Oklahoma. Our state has been known for quite some time as a number one in the number of incarcerated women in our country and also in the world per capita. And so um, it was just my desire to be able to offer uh, the gospel a story of hope of someone who's come out of those things that they may still be struggling with. And so, you know, the goal for to get my my book into the hands of incarcerated women, which God has done. He, um, and is doing, he opened up a door for Mabel Bassett. It's a, um, women's prison here in the state of Oklahoma. And so, um, we went in and, and shared there and under a, uh, women's Bible study called joy Bible study. and um, we had, I believe it was seven women come to Christ. Um, in that, uh, that Bible study and just be able to distribute my book to those women. So there's people that offer donations to make that possible. And uh, so I'm kind of waiting right now for an open door to go into another ladies' prison called Eddie Warrior. It's also here in Oklahoma. So yeah, God um, gave us the vision and he is bringing it to fruition.
0: Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. Looking to take your Bible reading to a deeper level? Check out the Blue Letter Bible, an online Bible-centered resource of study tools linked directly to Bible passages, including commentaries, encyclopedias, maps, images, and much more. Your daily Bible reading will come alive as you explore the context of passages by expounding upon text and audio commentaries, search scriptures, and examine the original meaning of Hebrew and Greek words utilizing the lexicon feature. So, if you're wanting to dive deeper into understanding God's Word, download the Blue Letter Bible app or visit blueletterbible.org. This week, we've somewhat injected into your testimony these elements of self-identity, significance, and redemption. And you begin your testimony sharing about your feelings of rejection, starting at abuse, foster care, and adoption. If you could distill your message down and connect with those who felt rejected in such a deep way, what would you like them to know?
1: There's a lot of... um younger um, women who have come through the foster care system or that have been adopted that struggle with identity, that struggle with feeling wanted um, and uh, feeling that they belong. And so my story I've noticed um, reaches out to them and, to be able to relate to that and really point to that, you know, again, our identity and our worth are found in Christ alone, and that there is a family waiting for them, and it's the family of God. Um, and, you know, we're adopted into to the family of God. So I know that my story really speaks to those people um, and those children.
0: Amen. I have a lot of friends who it's been placed on their hearts to foster children, And I know it's not an easy calling. It's a lot of work, Um, whether you have young ones or older ones, short term, long term. Is there anything that you think would be helpful for them to know?
1: Yeah, so sometimes it's um, maybe a glorified uh, endeavor that maybe parents aren't completely prepared for. I know there's a lot of training out there now that more so than there were in years past. Um, I was, I, I was doing some seminars for the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma for a while. And one of the seminars that I was presenting was um, on adoption. And there's a book that I always love to recommend and it's called 20 Things Adopted Kids Wish Their Adopted Parents Knew. Um, I mean, of course, along with my story that relates directly to the the adopted child or the foster child. Um, But this book is really kind of, you know, expresses like the heart of the adopted child to the adopted parent that the the parent might not be able to understand or relate to otherwise. And so I always like to recommend that book. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, I could go on for about that (laughs) forever, Jess. I get it. (laughs) And it's so great that you're passionate
0: about that. And I think that is very helpful, even having that resource, because I do have a lot of friends who are fostering and some of them who are adopting. And I think that's very helpful. And I know that a lot of uh, one thing that a lot of them have in common is that uh, whether they're fostering or adopting, they're looking for ways to connect to these children where a part of their lives uh, is a mystery to them. And so therefore... Part of the child is a mystery to them. And of course, they don't want it to be that
1: way. Right. So, you know, my heart really does go out to adopted parents because there is no way to fully prepare, I think, for the issues of a child who you dearly love, you you absolutely wanted. um, And yet they may have gone through things that really prevent them from being able to maybe receive that fully or accept that Um, this, you know, it's, it's neither, neither the child's fault nor the parent's fault. And yet it's on the table to have to, to deal with. And it really does characterize, you know, uh, the life of the child for potentially a long time. I mean, I totally relate to that. My parents did what they thought was best when those things began to, um, come out and the reality of being abandoned and being having come from severe abuse really kind of entered into reality for me, you know, they turned to some secular institutions and the things that the professionals were telling them would be best for me at the time. Um, but really um, it's a sacrificial agape love that requires that only God can uh, provide. And um It's doing what's best for someone uh, just for the sake of, you know, for them. Um, But, yeah, my healing really did come through nothing secular or institutional. It it came through um, the love of God and the healing power of Christ.
0: Amen. In light of what you just said about sacrificial love and loving a person at some juncture in this podcast we're going to talk about loving others and uh, there's people in my life i think everybody can think of at least one person in their life that they love and they know or they're concerned about maybe they're battling some sort of addiction and seem unreachable and I think your message gives a lot of hope, primarily the hope that sometimes we aren't able to physically care for someone battling addiction specifically. Maybe we can't financially provide for them, or, or maybe it's not safe to do that. We realize that there is nothing better that we can do for a person than to pray for them. And hearing your story... And knowing your story, I think that just gives so much encouragement to keep praying, to keep fighting for those people in prayer and an opportunity to empathize a bit. Because I think we all have a tendency, or a lot of us have a tendency, I know I've done it, to begin to just see their choices instead of the actual person. And your story helps bring that back to light and make Mm. it human again.
1: Wow. Amen. So I think about, um, one of the, um, one of the questions that I get asked most frequently over the last two decades of sharing my story, um, when I open it up for questions is this, um, people ask about my adopted parents, my adopted mom, of course my adopted father passed away, but, um, and how our relationship is today. And so we went through a very, very difficult time where just what you're saying, she um, had to set boundaries, you know, and she realized that she wasn't going to be able to, to help me or s- save me, so to speak. Um, and so she learned this thing called tough love um, and let me go. And that was so very painful, you know, coming from just a place where I was already feeling abandoned and rejected. But I was making decisions that were so unhealthy that other people needed to set boundaries, you know, with me. And, you know, the bottom line there, as we talked about my mom and I later, years later, after I'm, you know, I'm saved and sober, she asked me, you know, was I too tough or was there something else that I could have done that you think may have helped, um, that I didn't do. And I mean, the, we could go back and forth on that question all day long, but really, you know, the bottom line is nothing was going to, to help me until, um, I experienced the love of God through Christ and my salvation ultimately that delivered me. Um, and so there, you know it's very hard, but people people can't be our savior our parents can't save us, but only Christ can
0: okay, thank you thank you so much for that Barbara and here we have the last question of the episode. The last question is a super easy one so Barbara, if we want to go online, we want to learn more about you. We want to follow your story in your book.
1: Right. Where can we get it? So uh, copies of my book are available on Amazon, and that would be Kindle version and paperback or signed copies um, are available on our website. And that's abbaloves.us. And there we
0: are. Barbara, thanks so much for being a guest on our show And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to having you back next Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern time for our new series, Finding Peace, Rest and Joy Without
1: Forcing It. Have a great weekend. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Also, please feel free to rate and review our podcast and share it with all your friends. Thank you for spending your time with us.
0: We hope you're leaving with a deepening fascination to fellowship with the one who has created you for his purpose and desires to show you more of his goodness every day.